1: The weekend is here on 1480 WHBC. Bill Morgan and John Bozica with you, like it or not, until 11 o'clock this morning. So many different things are unfolding as a new weekend dives in right here in Canton and Stark County, including, John, unbelievably, Major League Baseball, live sports. I mean, one that we care about. No offense to soccer fans who are following... um Liverpool and I'm not talking about East Liverpool off of route 30. I I frankly don't care about that. What I do care about Major League Baseball is back and the tribe is back in grand fashion on Friday night.
0: Yeah, they looked good. They uh <clears throat> excuse me won and uh played Kansas City and uh you know, Shane Bieber 14 Ks last night. So, um good to have them back. It's it's good to see baseball again and it's good to have as you said, sports that we can wrap our mind around and, and really care about it is, you know, no offense to, to, as you were saying, like Bundesliga or any of the soccer leagues that we've seen. Or Did
1: you just swear on the air?
0: I did not. I did not. But no offense to those, but it's easy for us to watch the Indians wrap our head around it, get excited about it. And especially when, you know, the pitching, which is going to be the strength
1: of the team, looks as good as it did last night. Um, even more of a reason to be excited. And the only two runs the Indians scored, and I think this was a good thing. You know eventually uh, Frankie and Jose, 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 and Carlos are going to do their job, but really uh, the offensive firepower came from the bottom of the lineup last night.
0: Yeah, well, and and if you remember at times last year, that was something that they had too, where uh, Roberto Perez would oftentimes come through with a clutch hit and Uh, Oscar Mercado as the year went along started to get better and better and then the thing that made me really happy was seeing Cesar Hernandez come in and um, have that really nice RBI double I thought that was you know a a good first start for him at second base and and opening day and uh, you know really showed that as much as we love Jason Kipnis over the, the past handful of years you know having a new guy there is Maybe a, a good thing. Maybe,
1: you know, change of scenery is good for a lot of people, and, and hopefully that'll be the case with Hernandez. The Weekend with Bill Morgan, John Bozica on WHBC. More Tribe Baseball coming up, and sort of a unique start time today, John. Uh, they're going to go at uh, 5.10, so uh, the pregame show on WHBC getting underway at 4.37. As I was listening to the game on WHBC and all watching on uh, Channel 3, It was kind of bizarre because uh, the only live person in the stand was STO fieldside reporter Andre Knott. They had cardboard cutouts of a few scattered people, but other than that, it was Andre and a few ushers. I'm not really sure why they had ushers or stadium staff you could see at times scattered around, but kind of a strange scenario. Well, I mean, that's just, you know, <laughs>
0: that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, the crowd noise that's being pumped in, I actually wanted to play this too. This is the highlight from last night from Hernandez, his uh, double that scored the run. Let's see if they pump crowd noise into the radio call.
2: Steps in, the pitch to it, swung on, last, past the third baseman, down the left field line. That's going to score Perez. On his way to third is Mercado and cruising into second with his first Indians base hit. It's an RBI double for Cesar Hernandez, and the Tribe is now up 2 nothing.
1: It, it sounds really weird, doesn't it? Well, what w- was even stranger, as uh, you listened to the game on WHBC or watched on Channel 3 last night, it was sort of like a constant hum of the crowd noise because it, it was. was it was piped in. <laughs> so whether somebody uh hit one off the wall, whether they struck out, whether they got hit by a pitch, it was just sort of that sort of like a din is what I would call it that you heard really throughout the course of the game.
2: Swing and a miss ball game. Brad Hand strikes out, Eric Mejia to end it. <laughs> the, the Indians have won the season opener on a 4 hit shutout.
1: It's louder than hammy. It is.
2: It's crazy.
1: So, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhaus were back. They will be back this afternoon, 437, with the Indians Radio Network pregame show and uh, the first pitch at uh, 510. And, John, if I'm not mistaken, and you are our tribe and WHBC insider here on the weekend, one of the great things that WHBC can now do that we really hadn't, for the most part, been able to do in the past. You can listen to the games on fourteen eighty. That's no different, but you can hear the games online now, and uh, that's something that is a different, unique, and helpful to a tribe fan.
0: Yeah, WHBC dot com. You can listen on our stream, which is obviously a, a a huge plus and allows people to to not have to be within the the zone of the radio to. Um, be able to listen to the game because, as any person knows, you know you get to a certain point. You go to, you go to St. Louis. You're not gonna be able to pick us up. So, um, you can listen now on whbc.com, which is exciting. You know, Bill, not just uh, news last night with the Indians playing, but also lots of news in high school sports. And I know that that's gonna be a, a big part of our discussion today. And a um, couple of different things coming out over the last 24 hours obviously we know that you know the hope is still to have a season this year and to have a full season this year but lots of little changes being made earlier this morning uh, matt Gould, who works at cleveland.com tweeted that the summit county public health department has recommended no fall sports to begin before october 1st so that will have an effect on some Stark County schools, because green plays out of Summit County, and so does Manchester, and I think even CVCA would be considered Summit County at that point. And then we also heard that the Cleveland Metropolitan School District is at a point where Eric Gordon, their CEO, says that no fall sports will be permitted during their nine weeks of remote learning. So I guess my question is, you know, when are the next dominoes in this going to fall? And it's like, how long before it affects Stark County county how long before it affects all of these counties around here
1: that are closer to us that you know we see and we cover on a yearly basis the weekend with bill morgan he's john bozica i i don't know john why can't we just play football i we've got all these other we've got baseballs going on now um i realize nascar in terms of person-to-person contact is is not um certainly what baseball is, and certainly not what football is. But here we are backpedaling from uh, any resume to normalcy, and at the rate we are going, I'll be shocked. Now, I want to see high school football on Friday nights, Uh, but at this point, I just don't know that it's going to happen. So you talk about... um, I don't know if the Cleveland public schools from a technical number side of things is the biggest school district in the state. Uh, It's got to be close, but if they're saying, Hey, we're not playing. I can tell you this where I live uh, just South of uh, the Stark County line in Tuscarawas County. There tend to be a couple of teams down there every year that play uh, one of the Senate league teams uh, as part of their schedule. And all of a sudden, there goes one game. I know one of the things you talked about, unique happenings uh, over the last a short span of days. I think the OHSAA has now ruled out their normal rule that you have to have eight, eight games, games yeah. yeah, eight games in a regular season to even be able to make the playoffs. So I, we have no idea right now. We can speculate. And we're going to do that later this morning, but one. M-
0: and I was gonna say not just that, but I mean also if you see the Ohio Athletic Conference, the OAC, to those that know it, postponing sports until 2021 due to coronavirus, which they did yesterday, it's like I don't know how you can make a how you can make a, a decision that if it's not safe for you know college kids, if it's not safe for for you know older individuals. How is it safe for high school kids? It's the same argument about school, really, that a lot of people are having. It's like if it's not safe to hold a Republican National Convention or a Democratic National Convention, how is it safe to send thousands of kids back to school every day? You know, I mean, it's kind of like the the million dollar question right now that everybody has. And I guess the thing that I would wonder is if you are going to have school and you are going to be able to do that. and, And this is what we are going to talk about. Why not flip it? Why not go spring in the fall, fall in the spring? And, um, you know, I, I know we'll get into that later this morning and, and maybe even try to get some people to call in about that. But, um, you know, I, I just think that we're at a point where we need to be thinking outside the box because we don't know the next time things are going to be normal. We really don't. You know, we we know what we know right now, but we don't know the next time life is going to be as we knew it before the virus.
1: It's hard to tell where all that is going to play out. And one of the things that I heard uh, Pam Cook say, and we're going back Months now on Canton's Morning News as this situation uh, started really just beginning to evolve is this is just going to continue to be fluid, changing from day to day, changing from hour to hour, and that's going to continue to happen. This is The Weekend, Bill Morgan, John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. The weekend on 1480 WHBC. I'm Bill Morgan. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk a little Indians baseball. We're going to talk a little OAC saying, hey, uh, no sports until 2021 with Mike Popovich from uh, the repository. And uh, coming up, uh, John, in about 15 minutes, we've got an area football coach who uh, collectively, he, you, and I got to dive into uh, what will or won't happen on the high school gridiron in 2020. Yeah, Tim
0: Budd from uh, Jackson, the head football coach there. He spent a lot of time uh, around Stark County. He was also at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas at one point. And then uh, we'll talk to him, as I said, at, at about 8.35 here. And then uh, 10.35 this morning, Troy Davis, the head football coach at uh, Louisville, going to join us. So we're going to try to have the discussions with them about what they think the chances are of having, you know, Fall sports. if they think we should swap fall sports with spring sports, uh, what practice has been like and just, you know, everything in between. I I saw something interesting the other day, Bill, and and being a guy from T County like you are, um, I wasn't sure if this discussion had been had down there because you have a great rivalry in Dover, Philly, but someone said here in Stark County, if you could play one football game this year, it was a Maslin fan that said this, would you play just the Maslin McKinley game? And I know the answer unequivocally would be yes. Sure, has that discussion been had <laughs> down in Tuscarawas
1: County? I don't know if uh, you know they have uh, dived into that, but um, one of the high schools that is not New Philadelphia or Dover, uh, Indian Valley. Who those for those who don't know, it's really in uh, the southern end of the county. Uh, they are very excited. They've had a very good uh, Division Four, Division Five football yeah. program over the last several years, and uh, they built a brand new football field, a turf field with a, a field house as well. They are uh, passionately looking forward to uh, the 2020 season. or uh, will it happen? Will it not? I have no idea. Now, listen. I haven't seen you for uh, a couple of weeks, and I've got uh, got a bone to pick with you, Bazeka. What is that bone that you have to pick? Listen, uh, you and I were uh, talking briefly on the phone last night in our uh, individual and collective preparations for uh, the weekend. This uh-huh. morning on WHBC and. Somehow we got to sidetracked in the discussion, and the next thing I know, you're bragging about allegedly beating your dad in golf yesterday. Uh, did that actually happen? Can we get Mr. Bozik on the phone to confirm or deny? Because I, I don't, I mean, you, you really are a great guy. I've gotten to know you uh, when I started working here at the radio station earlier in the year. Uh, we met up at um, Firestone Stadium in Akron while we were waiting to get in some high school softball tournament game, got extended, went in extra innings while we were waiting to get in and set up for our game. And so I, I like you, but, I mean, being braggadocious about beating your dad on the links, A, I don't even know if it's true, and B, I don't know that bragging about beating your dad is 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 proper, John. Well,
0: I, I mean, I, I can tell you that I, I did win.
1: I, I can tell you that... Uh... It was a. Was it handicap involved in terms of no? You no. utilized your handicap uh, and encountered no. against Mr. <laughs>
0: Bozica. No, 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 no. I did. I did not do that to my father. Um, you know, we we played, and uh, you know, he 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 gave me a, a great fight. He uh, he had me down for a good portion of the match, and this is two times in a row that that has been the case. But then, uh, you know, I just studied my game out. I just studied myself out. Got myself to a position to where I was, you know. Hitting some pretty decent shots, and then you know, before I knew it, I was, I was pulling ahead.
1: Well, Mister Pozika, maybe have went John Rahm on the back nine at the Memorial and got a two-stroke penalty for something, had a double bogey, and that was maybe the only reason you snuck back in. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Just you know, I just
0: see Bill. When you have a superior golf game like I do,
1: oh you know, you just, my, you're just able to do these things. Where did you go, Firestone? Firestone. Yeah. Did they even have a golf team? They
0: did. We were city champions. Uh,
1: There's like four schools in the city. don't brag about were... being city champions because you beat three other schools who have six kids combined the golf in them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm You're not... not
0: wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: I I did I mean it's not it's not exactly like, you know, winning the uh, APS Golf Championship is winning the Federal League of Golf. Yeah, no, I would not say that it is Were, a, you, uh, were you on the golf team? I was. Okay. I was. okay. I, I, was,
0: I was our uh I was
1: consistently our our 2 3 man. Okay.
0: So I was I was amongst the better players on the That's team.
1: better than being the 5 guy and it sometimes is. your score counts and sometimes it doesn't. It's very true. It's yes. very true. So I mean, you know, I I I I would say if I had to put a handicap on my game
0: When I was in high school, I was probably like a seven and now I'm probably more like about a 10. So, you know, so, but you probably don't play as much as no, no, I don't. I mean, like yesterday I shot, I shot 78, which is, which was okay.
1: What about the back nine? No, I'm just kidding. That's not. Where did you guys play? Uh, Loyal Oak, which
0: okay. is a place up in Norton. It's it's an easy course. I could right.
1: I I've joked with people saying that I could go
0: there half asleep and drunk, and I could still shoot in the seventies. <laughs> was that was that was that yesterday
1: or no, that's a, no no okay I, okay that was
0: not yesterday okay uh, <laughs> maybe I wish yesterday but no that was not yesterday.
1: <laughs> well, you know what seventy eight's not bad. I've been golfing about uh, half a dozen times in my life. I am uh, admittedly no good. I've had great fun every time I have golfed, but golf to me and, and don't roll your eyes like you're prone to do. When you say, when I say things that you believe to be stupid, but I think golf is like bowling. Unless you do it all the time and develop the proper technique, it's almost more frustrating to go out and do it than to not because you've got to do it all the time. Get your consistency in your shot, whether that's with your hand and going down the lane or driving, and if you don't do it all the time, you're going to make yourself crazy, especially if you're a competitive guy or gal
0: well, that's true i would I would wholeheartedly say that that is true because i I know that in the past when I don't play a lot and because i you know it's one of the things that I feel safe doing now with the pandemic going on it's something that I've done now a handful of times um you know, so it just it's it's one of those things that you know when i play a lot my scores get better and and so far this year i think because i haven't been thinking about it you know i haven't been like obsessing over like how i'm going to play i seem to be playing better my dad just texted me and said you won fair and square
1: so there 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 it is from from george himself i'm going to have to get his cell phone number to get these texts direct because whether or not they 're accurate i i'm going to take your word for it for now, but hey you know what's coming up next? I have no idea not golf, but Tim Budd from jackson well uh d- he'll have an opinion- you told me t- i've never personally um had a conversation with Tim. You said he tends to be uh, a pretty opinionated guy he does he does he
0: uh he will definitely tell his thoughts on on fall sports and he will he will tell it like it is right now and and what he thinks needs to happen
1: by the way did you get a chance to delve into what i think was a 38 page proposal from the ohio high school football coaches association about how to have high school football on friday nights yeah i started started reading it started getting some pieces of it and
0: then i reached out to somebody from the coaches association and said hey this document is way too long uh would you just give me the high points of it and uh they did that and
1: that was that was quite helpful cause... The football coachy football coaches association look at dummies or brief for dummies or yeah, however you say I, that
0: you know when i was in high school i never read books i just did, <laughs> i just did I just did, the, I just did the cliff notes version right of there you go fair enough so, you know, many I mean, I was, of
1: us did so i was looking for the cliff notes version of it Well, we'll we'll find out a little bit about that. And uh, high school football, will it be? Will it not be in 2020? We'll talk with uh, Maslin Jackson head coach Tim Budd coming up in just a couple of minutes. It's the weekend on WHBC. The weekend on 1480 WHBC. Don't forget, try baseball coming up this afternoon. It is the Indians and the Royals. And, John, I heard somebody mention on social media late last night, everybody's a funny guy or gal. Uh, it's the first time on July 24th ever that the Indians have been undefeated.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think 60 know, is a real possibility right now. Uh, I'd like to think that, no, no. I mean, yeah, it's it's a good feeling. Uh, I, I read that, uh, oh, what did I read? The Indians, someone said the Indians are unscored upon in the month of July, which is true, but, uh, you know, they still have a handful of games left to go here in this month. So we'll see how it plays out.
1: One of those coming up, as mentioned this afternoon, 437 with the Indians. Radio Network pregame show with Jim Rosenhouse and Tom Hamilton. Then the first pitch set for five ten. Well, certainly the Tribe making news in Canton, Stark County, in Northeast Ohio. And continuing to make news is, will we have high school football? Will we not? Will we play it in the fall? Will we play it in the spring? And uh, John, a guy that you've gotten to know during your time at WHBC, who probably has a more authentic insight than you are, joins us now. Yeah, Tim Budd, head football coach of the uh, Jackson Polar Bears.
0: Tim, uh, thanks for joining us this morning.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, Coach, uh, we see that the season is obviously supposed to start on time still right now. We see that practice is supposed to start still on August 1st, like many other things that we're used to here um, with everything going on right now, what do you think the chances are that that is actually what happens, and that we actually have football when it says, Coach Bud?
3: Well, I I don't really have any idea. Um, that the, right now the uh, the biggest issues we're facing is that the uh, they still have in place through the Ohio Department of Health that you have to test everybody um, for COVID in order to compete against another school. As long as that's in place it's going to make it uh impossible i would say um to to scrimmage to play games to to do any of that and then now the second issue we're having is that individual county health departments are now um, either postponing or delaying um, when sports competitions can begin so for example Talking about the federal league summit county health department came out and said no fall sports until october 1st which doesn't even make any sense because if we're going to have a second wave which has been discussed even discussed by governor dewine if he studied the spanish flu um, we're just delaying it right back into when that could hit so i mean now we're going piecemeal across the state of ohio with counties saying you know, you can't compete or county's not saying anything. And uh, without a clear message from the top, it's, it's very difficult to know whether there's going to be any type of false sports or not false sports. And I think, uh, you know, I taught government and American history for most of my career, and I think we've all gotten a, a lesson on government right now that in a public health emergency, there's one voice, and that's Governor DeWine. The legislative branch isn't involved it it's a one man show and until governor dewine says yes or no then then we're in limbo wondering what's going to happen
1: coach certainly one of the things that's been bantered about is uh flipping the uh fall and spring sports seasons which of course would bring bring the uh, predominant sport football to the spring and uh move things like uh baseball and track and field to the fall do you think that's something that's realistic
3: absolutely complete disaster um, a logistical nightmare. I can't state strong enough how much I'm against that. Number one, don't you think those coaches that are flipping seasons might want to know they start a week from today? Uh, don't you think that the athletic directors would need some time to A, schedule games, B, secure facilities, C, line up officials? Um, you just don't flip them. There's a heck of a lot of work that has to go into that. And then what, what, is, what is the efficacy of doing that when spring sports already lost a season. I mean, if, if we have to shut down again because of, of COVID, then well, they're going to lose two straight seasons? I'm, what, I, I know I'm a football coach, but you tell me what the efficacy of that is. Um, there, there isn't any. It's not right for kids. And if they just flip football to the spring, who's going to plow the fields when it snows? Um, if you don't have a turf field, How are you going to practice? I mean, if you're in a gym, tell me how you practice football in a gym. You know, and and then how about this question? Can somebody explain to me how things are going to be better? How is COVID going to be less of a threat in spring than it is today? Answer me that. Is COVID still going to be there in the spring? Yes. Are we going to have effective treatments widely dispersed in the spring? No. So what's the difference? And then if you're just going to flip football over to the spring, um, then I don't want my name associated with that. I want nothing to do with it because then I'm going to have to sit down with all my best players, all my multi-sport players, and I'm going to have to ask them to choose between sports, and that's not what's best for kids, period. And I still have to look myself in the mirror tomorrow, five years from now. 10 years from now, I still have to look myself in the mirror and say, I have to sit this kid down and make him choose. And I'll be damned if I do that.
1: Jackson coach Tim Budd joining us on the weekend with Bill Morgan, John Bozica on WHBC. Coach, obviously we can tell which side of the fence you're on. What if um, the OHSAA or Governor DeWine or whoever hands down that edict says it's football in the spring or no
3: football at all? Does that at
1: all change your perspective?
3: I mean, no. I, I mean, it, it very well could be canceled again in the spring. You know, it's uh, it doesn't change my perspective. It's not what's right for kids. I mean, here, here's the bottom line on this. If it's not safe enough to play, then, let, then we shouldn't play. I mean, I, Governor DeWine at his disposal – has the best and brightest medical minds in the state of Ohio. I'm Tim but a football coach. I don't, I'm not the governor. I don't have a degree in science. You know, and if, if they decide that it's not safe to play, then it's, it stinks. It's heartbreaking for the kids, but that's the decision that was made. And if it is doable, if it is safe, if we have reasonable precautions, then, then, let, then we'll do it. But when you go piecemeal across the state and now have different health departments saying that they're not going to play, what are really the logistics of it? You know, we need, we need kind of a statewide strategy on it. And no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't change my opinion on spring football. I mean, here's another point about spring football. People like to throw that out there just like anything else. There's, everybody has solutions until you actually get into it and get, get working through it. And here's another issue. When does when does it stop? Like, if you do spring football, do you turn around in a month and start football again in the fall? How's that right? Football's not like any other sport. You need recovery time, and you need to rebuild your body. And I don't even think it's safe, then, to turn around and play. Is this a permanent change to the spring? Are we willing to do that over, over COVID-19? You know, um, I don't – I mean – there's there's just so many problems with it everybody thinks they have like if you don't work in the trenches of it you think that's the solution then when you get into the logistics of it 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 doesn't even sound good i know michigan's governor asked their state association to look into spring football and they said no it wasn't best for kids and they're planning to they were planning to start on time so no i don't i don't think that's the answer
0: Tim Budd is our guest. He is the Jackson football coach. Tim, how have things been going so far with practice, with what you've been able to do? Have you still been able to adapt and have a a meaningful practice to this point, or are there still pieces that are being left out because of COVID?
3: Well, I mean, we we pretty much have been able to do everything we usually do in the months of June and July, except for – except for, like, the seven-on-seven piece against other schools. Um, You know, we started back June 1st, and, um, you know, our parents and our families, they want to participate. People want their kids to be involved in something other than staring at a Chromebook or staring at a screen. So, you know, you figure up from ninth grade all the way up to 12th grade, I have about 120 players. I had one player decline to play because of COVID concerns. That means we were 119 out of 120. Now, we had to do quite a bit of work just to catch people up in conditioning, but by mid-July, we were able to have eight days of meaningful camp, and uh, we were able to put in base offense, base defense, um, you know, punt, PAT, and, uh, you know, I think from, from our players' work ethic and our coaching staff's dedication that we would be in a really good spot to start.
1: Coach, when you talk about everything that could happen, may happen, may not happen, I know we can't do this, but let's shove it all to the side and look ahead and say, hey, we're going to play in 2020. Right now, I know it's uh, the latter part of July, but what do you envision the strengths of your team being once they get out on the field?
3: Well, I think that uh, offensively we have four kids who could legitimately run the ball. We have great depth there. Um, we have some big-time receivers like Johnny Coolidge. Um, our quarterback Hunter Geisinger is back with a year of experience in our system in the federal league. Um, defensively, Corwin Krattet back at linebacker. We have uh, really good depth on our D line. We should be good in the secondary. You know, kids on defense like D.J. Harris at corner and Jaden Baker at defensive end. Um, Coolish at free safety, Brett Blaner, weak safety. Like, we have some kids who have logged some serious, productive Friday night snaps. Um, you know, I would just say that I would expect us to be very competitive in every single game we play.
0: Last question for you here, Coach, is, you know, we continue to press forward through all of this as we continue um, to get through this COVID pandemic, if you will. Having these conversations with the kids, how do you make it so that this isn't something that um, brings too much, I don't know if depression is the right word, but how do you make sure that you still allow them to find the silver lining and if there isn't a season, if they don't have these opportunities? Because I know those are discussions that have to be had. How do you make that an easier discussion, something that is so tough?
3: Well, what we've done is just focused on, hey, you know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but we're here today. You know, enjoy your teammates, get something out of the workout, get something out of the camp, and, uh, you know, enjoy being here. And, you know, if we're blessed to have another day, then we'll come back and get after it again. So we've just kind of gone a day at a time and, uh, you know, made the most of, of what we have. Um, you know, in terms of whether there's a season or not, I mean, <laughs> what, what gets me is all these Karens and Kens that sit up on their high horse and point down to these kids and parents and say, you know, it's just, a, it's just a ball. Instead of throwing a ball around, you know, um, why don't you read a book? And those people are disgusting because they don't understand that this is these kids' passion. And, and I have I had kid after kid say, you know what kept me going through that lockdown? The, the thought of having football. That, that's what kept me going. So you take any of these people sitting on their high horse and say that it's just sports and you take their passion away from them and you tell me how well they're going to do mentally. Um, I I think that that judgment, oh, it's just sports, that's disgusting. They don't understand how much work, time, dedication these kids put into it and what a big part of their life it is. And and it's going to be a mental challenge. But, you know, you can either define yourself by what disappointments happen to you or you can define yourself by your response to those disappointments, and uh that, that's what we're gonna have to face potentially you know this this only will define your life if you let it like any other disappointment. This will only define your life if you let it first it can, you you can be bigger than that
0: first time a, a coach has referenced to Karen and a Ken. On our show. Coach Bud, I appreciate the time. Uh, stay safe, and, and we look forward to talking to you down the line, okay?
3: Great. Let's hope it's with some better news.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks, Tim.
3: All right. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yep. Tim Bud, there he is, Jackson head football coach. Uh,
1: told you he would <laughs> Told you tell like it is, and he sure did, didn't he? Well, one of the things that, um, as a talk show host John and I enjoy, you really don't Want to have somebody as a guest on that doesn't have an opinion, kind of pointless, so uh when you have somebody like Coach Bud, who, as you could hear on w h b c listening to him, he says, "Listen, let's either play football this fall or not play football. He doesn't think it's best for his student athletes, and he's defined where he's at and where he thinks football should go in Ohio for twenty twenty coming up as the weekend continues." You will find out where John is at on that issue as it relates to high school football in the great Buckeye State and where I'm at on that issue. It's all when the weekend continues here on WHBC. The Weekend on 1480 WHBC. I'm Bill Morgan here till 11 o'clock. John Bozica alongside and after hearing um, the passionate thoughts, John, of Jackson football coach Tim Budd about, hey, play football in the fall or don't play football at all. Let's figure out where you and I stand on that to head it into what may be the 2020 campaign. You know, I think he made a lot of really nice points
0: about you know, why to to not play football in the spring, um, and and maybe some things that I hadn't thought of before, which, you know, is is admittedly um, not a great thing, but I, I do believe that that at least needs to be considered. You know, I know that, that he said it shouldn't be considered, but I think it, it does at a certain point need to be considered because as we've proven during the summer, we can play – Softball, we can play baseball, we can have these sports. The question still becomes can we then have football in the spring? Mm, I think that's where the question gets kind of tough. I do think that we have a better chance of actually having a football season if we do it in the spring than if we do it now because there could be a potential for a gosh, here's the thing there could be a potential for having. A, I don't know there could potentially be a, a treatment but I'm not saying there will be because as we've seen with this there is no guarantee of when we're going to know anything so do I think that playing it in the spring gives it a better chance of happening possibly but I also know that if we put spring sports in the fall at least those would happen you know, at least they would get under. They would they would get started. Would they finish? I don't know. And and that's where all of the questions have to be had. Is that what's what's really logistically possible? So yes, I I do believe I do believe they could switch them. I, I just don't know logistically how well it would work out. I well, still think there's going
1: to be a lot of unanswered questions. And as Coach Bud mentioned, uh, logistics is probably at least as much of the issue. As anything else, Uh, one of those issues that he didn't talk about that uh, certainly may be relatable as we sort of all look to college football and uh, like Ohio State quarterback uh, Justin Fields, uh, somebody that uh, people have said, "Okay, if college were to move football to the spring, he would be a prime example of somebody who may say, I'm not playing in the spring because by that time um, they will be closing in on the NFL draft or maybe even already have had the NFL draft, and uh, with his financial future at stake, he's not going to go out there and uh, play for Ohio State, or player X isn't going to be playing for a Clemson, or however you want to phrase that, and that may be relatable to the high school level in this regard. Uh, Normally, February is the final football letter of intent point in time, and if Player X from high school Y has signed his national letter of intent to go play for the University of Toledo. Is he going to risk a Division I scholarship playing uh, for Coach Buds, Jackson Polar Bears, or playing at McKinley, or playing at Maslin? I-, I would venture to say that that player probably would not. Realistically, and maybe this
0: is the question to ask our listeners because we're, we're up against a break here. When do you think the next time will be that we have sports as we knew it before? Like, how long is that going to be? When is the next time that we have fans in the stands, that we have fall sports during the fall, spring sports during the spring, you know, baseball starting on time, not just yesterday being opening day, not hockey starting next week, the NBA being in a bubble. When is the next
1: time we're going to see things back to normal? How long is that going to be? We'll break that down more after 9 o'clock. And shockingly, you didn't think this was possible. I'm going to tell you somebody's name who threw a worse worst ceremonial first pitch than Dr. Anthony Fauci. It has actually happened in the past. We'll tell you who that person is after the news at 9. The Weekend on 1480 WHBC. I'm Bill Morgan. Moving into the uh, 9 o'clock hour. Now, the only thing I was disappointed in with Indians baseball was the uh, Sugardale hot dog race. About the, when, when do they do that, John? Do you know what inning they do that in?
4: How about that? It, don't. W-
1: it, it was not impressive last night. It was a, a pre-taped video segment. And uh, I think Onion ended up winning that thing, but uh, you would think that with as much time as they, you would think that as much time as they had to to plan that in advance, it would have been a little more interesting. So was that Mike Keegan? I think that was uh, back in the day. Tom Hamilton and the uh, late Mike Keegan, they would get into these laughing fits on the air, and especially out on those West Coast games, it's you know. Midnight, 1 o'clock back here, and Hammy and Hegan would get tickled about something, probably because they were slap-happy in Anaheim. (laughs) Yes, something like that. I just love playing that. I I noticed that. This is always so funny to me. I I noticed that. So uh, the Indians are back on the radio along with the uh, hot dog race, and uh, we'll have it at 4.37, the Indians' pregame show first pitch at uh, 5.10. and and I guess you, you can't overstate it, but the most impressive thing about uh, baseball being played last night from a Tribe perspective was uh, Shane Bieber. Other than uh, a couple of struggles in the first inning, he was uh, dominating, uh, setting an all-time Indians franchise record, 14 strikeouts on opening day, and he only pitched six innings. He looked very good,
0: that's for sure. Um fact that, you know, they, honestly speaking, the Indians looked very good uh last night considering that you know they they really you know are just getting their legs under them they're just starting to to figure things out again they're starting to get comfortable with everything going on you know playing wearing a mask doing all the the new requirements um you know I, I think people have to be impressed with that effort uh because it's it's the type of team that i think honestly speaking that is the type of team that can win right now because i i think that and I know that there's a lot of people that say that, you know, it's going to take a while for, for pitching to catch up to the batting. And there's a lot of people that say well, vice versa. But I actually think that when you have a good set of pitchers, I think they can come out and do that. I think batters are going to be a little bit rusty to start. So if the Indians could start off the year like, you know, like 12 and 4 or something like that, like really get a nice cushion built at the start, they could be in a really nice position. So... That's why I think if if their pitching continues tonight they have Clevenger on the mound, um you know, if they can continue to get that, they have a real opportunity here, Bill, to be a team that can cause some problems and go from being you know a potential you know playoff team to a team that you know you could look at and say that could be a really dangerous team and actually make some noise in the playoffs, which you know, would you count a World
1: Series this year if they want it? Oh, we'll count it, we will count it by the way when it comes to the postseason in baseball uh mlb announcing a, a pretty significant change john uh late in the week in terms of how many teams are going to make it to the playoffs mm-hmm. yeah they changed that up a little bit and uh i know that what did they
0: say didn't they add a team they I'm added
1: sure. uh you will now go from um five teams per league to eight teams okay, per league okay. so From 10 to 16 so even as you get toward the uh, latter stages of this 60 game stretch you know what um, teams that otherwise and what has already been a crazy span of time for the 2020 season that might not have a chance and guys chucking in the towels at least mentally during games uh, won't be doing so so uh, there'll be 16 teams making the playoffs of the opening round uh, will be a uh, best of three so it'll be very interesting uh when that time gets here to see how it all does indeed play out.
0: The one thing that I I known that was the big rule change was the the extra innings rule where they're having the the runner start on second um and then that'll be, you know, I think a a really I think that'll be a really interesting thing to affect it because as we were saying I think before I I don't know if it was with you or if I was with Pam when I was talking about this but when you throw that new rule You don't in, know
1: the difference between Pam and myself well, no, I'm just saying we like, look
0: quite a bit different. I'm just saying I can't remember who I was talking to this about. We sound quite a bit different because I've talked to both of you on the air a number of times. Um, the reason why I, I I was saying that is because it'll affect the way that you go to your bullpen. You know, because you're so used to, you know, sometimes putting a person in strictly based on a matchup, and now if you have a person on second, you know, you're probably going to look at. I think I think it was you that I was talking to this about because I remember you laughing at this. I was saying that, um, you know, you sometimes have a guy that you look at their stat and it's like they, you know, pitch, you know, such and such on days when they're playing on a grass field against a lefty, you know, in a situation with a runner on second. Like you go into every Bill James statistic you can for Sabre metrics. So, you know, it there's a lot of little things like that that are being done and it's not just baseball a lot of sports are adding little changes like that that um you know i think are going to affect the game and and just the fact of of playing a game every day like you are now and playing 60 games in what 66 days that alone affects everything cuz it makes every game more meaningful you don't have the time now where you're like well this is game 17 of 162 so if we lose tonight Who cares? Now it's like, well, this is game 17 of 60, and we're a game below 500. We have to start caring
1: tomorrow, today. We should have cared yesterday more. So it just changes everything. One of the things I heard uh, Terry Francona saying on the uh, pregame show on WHBC uh, with Tom Hamilton last night was um, when you do the math, and Hammy's the one who originally brought this up, but it's almost like... um, Every game is worth three games. Uh, normally, uh, you would play 162 games in the regular season. Now you're playing 60, so each game is kind of weighted in terms of importance, if you want to look at it from that perspective. Now, that's sort of how Tom set that up in asking the question, and really, Tito agreed. So, uh, you know, if all of a sudden you begin the season on a four-game losing streak, yes, I realize numerically you're 0-4, but really, are you more like a 0-10 uh, it could be tough to recover from if you get off uh, to a, a difficult start or uh, you struggle from uh, the word go or struggle at any point in time in the season. So, uh, the Indians and the Royals. And uh, the Royals, they gave this great stat last night during the game that the uh, bottom three in their order, seven, eight, and nine, of course, uh, they hit something terrible last year. I think it was 215. I mean, not that your bottom three are going to be 295 hitters collectively, but 215, you might as well go uh, pluck somebody up from A Omaha whoever the Royals' Triple A affiliate is. Wow, that's terrible, 215. Do you ever think about the fact, I was telling my dad this last
0: night as we were watching the game, that do you, ever think you were
1: about, bragging about beating him in golf?
0: Yes, exactly. I was actually saying that, not about my golf game, but I was actually saying that, do you ever think about the fact that we talk about The success of a batter in baseball, but we rule success as being a guy that bats 300, which is 30%. Like, I mean, think about that. That is how tough the game of baseball is that like someone is like, hey, that guy's a Hall of Famer. He batted 300 for his career, which in school terms, if you get three out of 10 answers correct, you suck. So it's like, you know, do you ever do you ever think about that? I mean, uh, I, I do, you know, I, because it's like that's that to me shows because people always have the discussion. What's the toughest sport? And it's like that to me shows just how tough baseball is that like we take that and say this is a fantastic baseball player when in any other, you know, thing in the world. If you have three out of 10, chances are you're not very good, you know, and it goes for basketball too. guys that shoot 45 percent from three are are considered the best three-point shooters in the league, and that's still failing, you know, which is just... It's the ironic thing about sports, is that you can be great at it, but at the same time, based on grades,
1: you could, you know, technically be failing everything. The Cleveland Indians and KC, by the way, KC expected to be one of the lesser teams in the American League this year. Now, uh, what do those prognostications annually mean? A lot of times, they don't mean Bubka. Uh Last year... Uh, not at this calendar same time, but same point in the season. Uh, one of the teams that was supposed to uh, stink, stink, stunk in the American League Central was the Minnesota Twins, and we see how that turned out, John. Yeah, not the way that uh, all of us thought. They, no,
0: they turned out to be a lot better than than we thought they were going to be. But they they have a they have a deceptively good team because like you don't know. You know how like you get those teams every now and again in in pro sports that you're like how are they good? Like I don't know any of the guys that play for them. You know they're kind of that team that it's like you know the names, like you've heard of Nelson Cruz, you've heard of Miguel Sano. you've heard of, you know, Josh Donaldson, you've heard of those names, but I don't know if many people outside of our division know who Max Kepler is. I don't know if many people out of our division know who like Eddie Rosario is, you know, but like we we have the opportunity of seeing them and we know how good they are and how good they can be. And um, because of that, you know, they're, as I said, they're deceptively good. Like they trick you, you know. Plus the Indians, the Indians for whatever reason, just suck against certain teams. Like they're terrible against the White Sox. You know what I mean? Have they ever played the White Sox well? I mean, honestly speaking, I can't ever remember a time that it's like they've swept the White Sox in a year or, or played well against them. Even if the White Sox are terrible, they always play them horribly. You know, And I've never understood that. Why do certain teams that aren't very good stack up
1: better against a good team? As the 2020 Major League Baseball season unfolds right here on WHBC with the Indians, this is The Weekend. I'm Bill Morgan. He's John Bozica. And as this week's show continues, we are going to tell you about one MLB team that has not only been kicked out of their stadium, they've been kicked out of their nation. That's next on 1480 WHBC. 1480 WHBC, the weekend. I'm Bill Morgan. Your thoughts on high school football should it be played? Should it not be played? And really, that ties into all fall sports. So if you've got a, a son or daughter and uh, whatever they might be competing in, volleyball, uh, baby cross country, soccer, what are your thoughts on that? You can share them with us, John and I, 330-450-1480, 450 1480 As John was mentioning earlier in the show, it has uh, been decided that August 1st, full practices will commence. Could that change between now and next Saturday? Absolutely. We know that uh, nothing is for... The only thing we know for sure is that nothing is for sure. But right now, it is scheduled to begin a week from today, August 1st. Uh, Something that uh, will not be happening as it relates to sports is the Toronto Blue Jays playing in Toronto. Uh, The Canadian government uh, early in the week says uh, Major League Baseball will not be played here in the uh, 2020 season. And, John, that set off a, a frantic search by the Blue Jays in Major League Baseball to find a home for Toronto, and uh, they had virtually no time to do it. Yeah, not much at all, and I
0: know that uh, on Twitter, the the funny thing that I noticed is that the um, Akron Rubber Ducks actually tried to make a play at one point to say, hey, come play down here at Canal Park. We'll, we'll gladly welcome you in here, so... Um, obviously, deciding though to play their home games in Buffalo during this season and makes uh, a little
1: little more a geographic sense. It does, it, but other. it would
0: have been it would have been really cool though to have. I mean, think about that: two major league teams within 30 minutes of each other. You could just go from from one spot to the next as a media member. That would be really cool, I think. But uh, you know, yeah, it's it's just it's it's part of what is the new normal. You know, part of what is um, the different life that we're currently living in. Right now and, and why certain things are are so concerning at this point. And, you know, you you look at some of the, uh, you know, I just saw this come across my computer here. A letter from the Summit County Health Department to schools about sports and which ones shouldn't shouldn't be played. And it has which sports are considered moderate or high risk and the ones that are considered moderate and high risk are basketball, Um, moderate risk is cheerleading, Um, field hockey is considered high risk, football is considered high risk, Uh, hockey is considered high risk, lacrosse is considered high risk, volleyball and water polo are considered moderate risk, and then wrestling is considered high risk. Sports that aren't, though, Bill, as we were talking about, baseball, not considered high risk, softball, not considered high risk, Swimming and diving, not considered high-risk. Um, you know, cross-country, not considered a high-risk sport. So it's like, again, the OHSA, all these sports, and, and I guess it's it's what we're talking about now with baseball, too. Why are they able to have baseball right now, Bill? Because it's not a very high-risk sport. A, yeah, lot
1: of, a lot of separation uh, by the nature of how defensively the players are positioned on the field. Now, uh, the only time players... I get super close is if there's a, a play guy stealing second base slides in uh, the second baseman or the shortstop is there or in the field. Uh, at some point in time, uh, Cesar Hernandez was backpedaling on a ball that Oscar Mercado was coming in. They get fairly close, but for the most part by the nature of the game, there's a lot of individual player separation. But
0: the thing that's funny about that with, with Hernandez and with Mercado is that they're on the same team. So they've already spread germs back and forth to each other just by being in the same locker room and being, you know, being together in the dugout, being, you know, in in the same positions, the same spots. And, you know, I mean, that that's the other thing about this is that you you build people that are in your bubble, if you say, and unless you have the ability, ability like the NBA to literally put people in a bubble for however many months it's going to take, then, you know, you. You really can't risk doing some of these things. Like how is how is high school basketball going to be possible? You know, unless you put teams in a bubble, and and we're not gonna we're not gonna put all of the member schools of the OHSAA into a bubble for a couple months just to play a high school basketball season. So, you know, I just I don't I don't know how you make these things possible. I just don't. I I don't know how you because the thing that's interesting about pro sports is they have the money to be able to do it. High school, college, some of the other ones they don't have the same money to be able to do it, and they couldn't really justify it based on the money that comes in. College may have the money, but I don't know if you could justify doing something like that.
1: Well, certainly uh, money is a big factor in all of this. And uh, coming up, uh, maybe in the uh, 10 o'clock hour, we're going to have John give us some insight, not from the athletic side of things, but uh, his fiance is a, a public schools teacher. And boy, what the teachers and administrators, along with students and parents, are going through in terms of deciding... Uh, How are we going to educate? How are we going to let our students be educated moving toward the 2020-2021 academic year? Coming up next, we'll talk with Mike Popovich from the repository about, hey, what those Indians look like? What did Mike like in the opening game of the 2020 campaign? And uh, one of the things Mike does for the rep, and he does it so well, is uh, cover the OAC and uh, that conference announcing uh, earlier in the week. I I don't know if the conference has a conference actually announced that or was it sort of sources that told WHBC about that, John, to be clear. To my knowledge,
0: and I'm checking right now, the OAC. Yeah, I mean, the OAC has has basically like made it made it a statement as well. I mean, they've retweeted everything. Um, you know, they've retweeted everything from all the different schools in the conference.
1: And they did tweet out yesterday that they have postponed the fall season. So we will talk with Mike about that as well. It's all when The Weekend continues on WHBC. The Weekend on 1480 WHBC. I'm Bill Morgan until 11 o'clock talking about different things rolling in Canton and Stark County and happy to welcome in uh, certainly a media name very familiar to those in Canton and Stark County for a long, long time sports writer Mike Popovich from the repository. Uh, Mike, good morning. Uh, what were your thoughts on the tribe and how they looked in uh, game number one on Friday?
5: Well, I think you just really got to start with Shane Bieber. I mean, what a what a performance for an opening day. Uh, most strikeouts, I believe, uh, by a pitcher on opening day since, uh, Randy Johnson back in 1996. And, uh, boy, you wonder how many more he could have had. I mean, I, I think people, you know, weren't probably too surprised that, you know, starting out with the season, uh, I believe he only went maybe six innings. Uh, he could have went longer, uh, you know, maybe under more normal circumstances, maybe try to get 20 strikeouts, but, um, you know, I, I think clearly the ace of the staff, you know, this year uh is is Shade Bieber and uh you know, like I said, what a performance on opening day for him.
1: No question about that, as uh, the Indians pick up win number one of what will be a, a sixty game. Campaign and on uh, Mike, while you talk about the uh, Shane Bieber's strength on the mound, a lot of people are expecting, uh, despite the absence now of Corey Kluber, that trade uh, with Texas. They're still expecting a uh, starting pitching to be the strength of this team. Do you agree with uh, those who are saying, "Hey, we think that's going to be the case"?
5: Oh yeah, I, I I really do. And you saw a couple of guys, you know, last year uh, uh, who came up uh, like Aaron Savali. Uh, Zach Lisak, uh, who were, uh, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, put in there, uh, because of, uh, some injury situations, uh, that they had both to, uh, Corey Kluber and Mike Clevenger. And they, uh, they really came through really well. So yeah, the starting pitching obviously seems to be, uh, uh, really the, 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 the strength of the team and which should help them be, uh, uh, a playoff contender and what and what should really be a fun really should be a fun uh, season this year. I was never really down with so much you know as they were going with this back and forth negotiating uh, uh over the over the summer of uh of of playing only sixty games but you know when you look at it that that's gonna be a really uh that's gonna be a really uh interesting thing as far as you know, you can't really have. Uh, big slumps, as as you would over a 162 game schedule, where you know every team you know every team goes through a slump during the year. You, you're going to have to really be on top of your game to you know stay in contention and stay uh, in contention for uh, you know a playoff berth. Which you know it, another interesting thing is they're expanding them this year. They're expanding the number of teams, so um, that's going to really get interest in you know a lot of the. Uh, Places where they probably wouldn't be considered a playoff team, you know. Maybe you look at a team like the the Toronto Blue Jays, who who have a shot to get in, the Texas Rangers, who have a shot to get in in the American League. So, uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting couple of months coming up for baseball.
1: Talking Tribe with Mike Popovich, sports writer for the Repository. The weekend on fourteen eighty WHBC. I'm Bill Morgan. Uh, Off the field for the Tribe and really for a lot of uh, what will be a pending free agents, Mike, either at the end of 2020 or in the Tribe case with the player I'm about to ask you about, the end of 2021, uh, Mookie Betts and the L.A. Dodgers agreeing to a contract early in the week, uh, way, way north of $300 million. And uh, although uh, people will say, hey, I don't think anybody's worth that much money I don't know what that does in what we're probably realistically, Mike already slim chances for the tribe to keep Frankie. If Mookie Betts is worth that much money, wouldn't you think Frankie Lindor has got to be worth at least as much?
5: Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, at least that much and, and even more, um, you know, look, I, I, I think the, you know, the realities, you know, the realities on the wall as far as, uh, uh, what Lindor's future is going to be here. Um, you know, I, I, you're going through a season right now where, under normal circumstances, um, that contract would be way north than what the Indians could do. Um, and now you're going through a season right now where you're not making any money by not having fans at games. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think people could put the dots together as far as, you know, what's going to happen with Lindor. Um, you know, last year when there was all this talk about the, the, the Dodgers, uh, acquiring him, um, it being an interest and, in, you know, the package of people that the Indians were, you know, wanted from the Dodgers that, that kind of really intrigued me a little bit. But at the same time, um, you know i think you still have this window uh where you can compete this year and uh you know i'm not you know i'm not really you know i'm not really up to well let's trade him uh after this season just so we can get something well you know it it depends on what it it depends on what you get i mean if you're not getting enough where you can uh compete in 2021 I mean, I I would just, you know, I would just, you know, if I were them, I would just try to ride it out with him and, and see what you can do this year, and next year. And then, you know, when the day comes that he moves on, you move on. But, you know, it's just they're just in no position to be able to offer, you know, one player that amount of money. And then, you know, what does that do for the rest of your roster then?
1: Talking tribe and sports with Mike Popovich, sports writer for the Repository. The weekend with Bill Morgan on WHBC, and I'm Mike. Sort of a shifting the focus of our discussion from a pro sports to college sports. Uh, the OAC will not have competitive sports until at least the beginning of calendar year, 2021. And, boy, when we talk about uh, here in our area, all the uh, Mount Union fans and uh, the tremendous program, uh, without question, the tops in Division Three. uh boy, uh, maybe not necessarily unexpected. Boy, it's tough to hear the finality of that, I would think.
5: Yeah yeah it's uh you know especially when you're uh especially when you're close to close to the team and you watch them and 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 the players and the coaches themselves and uh i i think you know i'll give the ohio athletic conference uh this much credit uh they tried to buy you know as as much time as realistically they could uh, uh, regarding this uh, a few weeks ago they announced that uh, they were only going to be playing uh, uh, conference games and not start the, any seasons in any of the sports uh, until the middle of September. And, uh, you know, regarding football, that would have only cut off one game. There's ten teams, in the Ohio Athletic Conference, and you play nine conference games. And, uh, you know, when you start to see uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, it's, this started happening a few weeks ago, uh, the, the, the smaller schools and the smaller colleges, uh, deciding to, uh, to punt on fall sports. And then earlier this week, the North Coast Athletic Conference, you know, made that decision as well. You, you, you kind of knew this was going to come. I'll also give the OAC credit for this, that they're not shutting the door on the possibility of these fall sports, uh, playing in the spring. And, uh, I think, you know, Unlike what happened back in March uh, when we didn't know as much about uh, uh, the pandemic as, as, as we do now, um, and, and the fact that it was the end of the school year, that was really tough on the uh, spring sports teams that, that didn't have their seasons. But now, you know, as we start a school year soon, uh, there's a, there's this possibility that you could see Mount Union and football, mountain union football in the spring. And that would be even much better news if the NCAA decides, well, we're going to move the fall sports championships, uh, in division three to the spring. So, I mean, you'd have something still something to play for. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to sit back and wait. You know, I know that's probably been a, uh, thing people are tired of hearing this year, but, uh, you know, in a year of uncertainty like this, that's just the way it is. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the, the athletes and, uh, the football team, the soccer teams up there, the, uh, volleyball team, they, they'll, they'll get their chance eventually, uh, sometime during the, uh, during the school year.
1: Mike, while we talk about all those fall sports and how they're affected, uh, by this decision, If you don't start until um, the calendar year 2021, um, basketball season is already underway. Are you hearing anything yet about uh, how that will affect, and let's face it, especially on the men's side, Mount Union's had some really good teams as of late. Are you hearing anything yet about how that would affect uh, Mount Union or any of the other basketball teams in the OAC when it comes to the hoops campaign?
5: Well, if if things are able to if things are able to start, uh, you know, as they hope on uh, January first, um, you're really uh, you're re- you're losing about uh, uh, I want to say about six weeks of the season, uh, but you're you're not losing your conference season, and so you might see a situation where uh, they're they're going to only end up playing. They're, they're only going to end up playing conference games and 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 that's okay that's what's uh, that's the important part of the season that's what puts you in a position to uh, be in a, a certain spot when the uh, conference tournaments begin uh, I think they I think in, in the past they've maybe played two conference games uh, in in December uh, you know those could be added on uh, uh after the after the new year so um you know as far as your as far as uh you know losing some of the non-conference games i know that they've wanted to play worcester uh more and uh, they, they played them last year and, and and beat them and that was always a good that was always a good barometer to kind of see where you're at and uh i know last year they played uh a school in Michigan called Albion that's really good, and you know that's a good test for you. But you know, if, if things are able to start, I think you're probably just going to be looking at a as just an as just a conference only season for them.
1: Mike Popovich from the repository, and Mike, as we uh, wrap up our conversation, do you think the Indians will be playing for the American League pennant? I'm not asking you will they win the World Series. Do you think this team? And I don't roll your eyes. I can actually see that through the phone. Do you think this team will play for the American League pennant when it's all said and done?
5: Well, I, I'll say yeah. I mean, I'll say they have a chance to do that because um, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, they're uh, you know their starting pitching is a, is a, is a real strength, and you know when when you look at it uh, with the the expanded playoffs. I think. I think. Uh, I think it, it, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the top two teams in in each division uh, will get in. So, uh, you know, they have a good chance to be in that position. They, they, they won. They won 93 games last year, uh, and, and didn't make it into the postseason. I mean, when you think about that, six six more wins than they. They got in 1997 when they should have won the World Series that year. So um, you know, starting pitching can 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 take you far. And you 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 have starting pitching and you get a playoff spot. You you have a chance to go deep. So yeah, if you're going to ask me, uh, will they play for the American League pennant? Yeah, I, I think they have a really good shot to do that.
1: Mike, as always, we appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend.
5: Oh, you too, Bill. Thanks for having me.
1: Mike Popovich, sports writer for The Repository, our guest. And uh, coming up as uh, this week's show continues, John Bozica and I here until 11 o'clock this morning going to sort of uh, delve off the sports front and talk a little bit about uh, education and uh, how that's going to be affected moving ahead because of the school year, as we all know. Whether it's um, public schools, you know, uh, grades 1 through 12 or college, college academic time, It's coming, and it's moving quickly. When will that begin? How will it begin? How will it unfold? We'll talk about that when the weekend continues on 1480 WHBC. Weekend on 1480, WHBC rolling until 11 o'clock. Try baseball this afternoon. The Indians and the Royals as Tito Francona and company try to make a two straight over KC to begin the new campaign. thirty-seven with the Indians Radio Network pregame show and the first pitch coming up at 510. John Bozica alongside. And uh, John, uh, your fiancé, is a uh, public schools educator up in the Cleveland area. What is her thought process on going back to school um, in the conventional form? And do they know yet in her district whether or not they're going to do that?
0: Yeah, I mean, Cleveland Metropolitan uh, School District has decided to go the first nine weeks as being online school. So um, to this point, I, I think the majority of people agree with that. I think the majority of people that she works with are are happy with that decision. I think the feeling is that um, for almost all of them that, you know, they don't see how you can safely have school and at the same time, you know, not spread the virus unless you are extremely careful and you literally like, you know, give everyone a mask and and socially distance kids and and really enforce it. And that's just going to be really hard to do in the hallways, so I, I know most of them feel that it's it's not just a good move in Cleveland for the kids, but it's a good move for the community as well because that's the thing that people aren't talking about with this bill is that everyone's saying, well, you know, we don't want to infect the kids, but to me, the bigger problem with it all is that if kids do start to get infected, they don't realize they have it because they're asymptomatic. Before you know it, it'll spread to the community, and then you will literally have, like, you know, community after community just going down with coronavirus. And that's that, to me, is the biggest issue. That's the biggest concern on my side, and that's something that she and I have talked about as to why it is such a
1: concern. And on your live and local show with John Bozica, this is what you call here, and we're happy to do it on the weekend. Shameless plug, live and local with John Bozica, weekday mornings at 10 What are you hearing, John, in terms of a school districts right here in Stark County that already have plans in place, what their plans are? Yeah, most schools
0: are offering kind of two different options. Uh, Either you can do a, a form of online learning if you don't feel comfortable, if you're at risk, and most of them are saying, look, if you are going to be in school, wearing a mask is going to be mandatory. We're going to make sure that we have hand sanitizer everywhere. We're going to make sure that you know, things are socially distant, we're still going to give kids the opportunity to see each other in the halls, but we're going to make sure that it's within reason that, as I said, they're always wearing a mask, Uh, lunch, you know, tables are going to be socially distant. Um, You know, I mean, everybody's kind of following the same plan. But at the same time, everyone's also going into it with the idea that and I asked Brent May this yesterday, the superintendent from uh, Plain Local Schools, I said, what's the worst case scenario? And he said that we get a spread of coronavirus," he said. "If that happens, and obviously we know we're going to have to, you know, dial it back a bit, but they understand that they have to do this now because this is important for the kids. The kids do need to to go back to school, but I guess here's the thing: is that all of these educators are asking themselves, at what cost are you willing to say we need to stay with this idea? You know, there is a there is a point of no return on this. That if you get into it too deep you could end up losing kids literally from the coronavirus and that's the concern is that that's why everything needs to be so detailed and that's why schools are rolling out these huge plans where things are different for each school, where things are, you know, have to be followed to a T and if they aren't, then there are consequences. You know, I mean it's 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 not gonna be normal school. And um they're gonna try to make it as normal as possible, but I, I guess as we've heard and I, I hate to continue using as you would say the phraseology of it but the 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 new normal you know whatever that is well school is about to find out and if it fails horribly then you know within a month i think we'll know that that we're gonna have to go back to online learning i think a lot of schools
1: are hoping to kind of ease into it a little bit and hope that that'll help things out and uh where i am from uh the t county Tuscross county just south of here uh, you're seeing similar things uh, many school districts with a uh, multiple options, some include in classroom learning, some include a, a mix of a virtual and online learning and in classroom. And uh, for those uh, parents who are uh, not at all comfortable with uh, their kids being in school, they'll have uh, the option of online learning only. So um, it's an opportunity for uh, parents to pick and choose, and um, it, it'll be very interesting from uh, the administrator and educators' perspective you know, what their thought process, process is headed into all this. Well, and, and we have 30 seconds here before we have to get into
0: the news, but uh, just real quick, Bill, you're a parent. If your kids were
1: still in high school, would you send them to school right now? That is one of the toughest. I don't know if I can answer that question in 30 seconds. You would have to consider many, many factors uh, to be sure. And the one thing you can't control at the risk of sounding Crazily simple, crazily simple is the uncontrollable. So uh, your kid could be wearing a mask uh, the entire time they're in school. But if uh, Johnny and Susie on either side uh, aren't wearing a mask, if it's not required, you know, what challenges does that provide? That's a question I'll have to ponder during uh, Jim's News at uh, 10 o'clock and get back to you. It's a challenge to be sure for everybody, uh, parents, educators, administrators everybody involved. This is The Weekend on WHBC. 1480 WHBC, The Weekend. I'm Bill Morgan. What is going through your mind as we uh, stretch into late July in terms of things you miss the most because of what's going on with COVID-19? And I I don't want to get into the the political side of it but things that you would probably normally be doing at this time of the year but you're not because you're stepping back and trying to be um covid safe if you will. I'm sure there's got to be uh, a thing or two if not more that would normally work its way into your regular routine that um you're not taking place in. What would that be? 330450 1480-330-450-1480, and one that I that I was not participating in until last night was Indians baseball. I mean that is such an such a part of my everyday routine from April through September when I'm working, when I'm not working, trying to follow what's happening with the tribe. And and to not have that it was a strange experience. And so it was great last night. My uh, wife went in and worked uh, some hours at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital, and after I dropped her off, because she was only going to work four hours, I said, hey, I'll come back and pick you up after the Tribe game. I uh, rushed home and uh, turned up, WHBC, and uh, turned out nothing wrong with Matt Underwood and Rick Manning, but listened to the game on the radio station, watch it on TV. And John, I sort of felt like I was Stepping back into an old pair of shoes, more comfortable, more familiar. Yeah, it was great that the Tribe won. In my mind, probably even better that they were actually playing baseball on Friday night. So, kind of exciting uh, for me from that perspective. Anything you're missing here in the summer of 2020? Well, if you listen, you probably heard this then, right?
2: Hernandez steps in, the pitch to it, swung on, lashed past the third baseman, down the left field line. That's going to score Perez. On his way to third is Mercado and cruising into second. With his first Indians base hit, it's an RBI double for Cesar Hernandez, and the Tribe is now up 2-0.
1: This I did not hear. This is the John Bozica piped in. You know, crowd noise. Here. Let's
0: see if I can pipe it in even better. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can do this. This okay. is okay. This is me attempting to pipe in crowd
2: noise. Okay. Hernandez steps in, the pitch to it, swung on, Last past the third baseman, down the left field line. That's going to score Perez on his way to third is Mercado and cruising into second with his first Indian's base. Hit it's an RBI double for Cesar Hernandez, and the tribe is now up 2 nothing.
1: They may have a job for you up at Progressive Field. I do uh, th- that honestly was pretty good. That wasn't didn't it? that didn't sound bad. What I've got to, that I hate to give you a ton of credit, but I mean that sounded
2: pretty
0: good. I mean, there are other things I could do, too. Since we're since we're going down this line, there are other things that I could pipe in. You want to know what they are? Oh, sure. Well, what else could you do?
2: Hernandez steps in. The pitch to him. Swung on. Lashed past the third baseman down the left field line. That's going to score Perez. On his way to third is Mercado and cruising into second. With his first Indians base hit, it's an RBI double for Cesar Hernandez. And the Tribe is now up 2 nothing.
0: The reason why I did that is because I I just would find it funny if you're like, you know, the crowd guy and like, they're like, Hey, we're going to need you to pipe in crowd noise. And you did this. You were like, Hernandez steps in the pitch to it swung on
2: lashed, past the third baseman down the left field line. That's going to score Perez. On his way to third is Mercado.
0: You know that would be funny.
1: Well, here's one of the problems now in the summer of 2020. You've got too much time on your hands. It's uh, true. When you're thinking about doing things like that. And and by the way, I'm going to call you out. If the Indians were paying you and you had that gig at progressive field, you would no way, shape, or form do something that ridiculous. Because you wouldn't want to get fired by the Indians. What, I wouldn't just hit? No. I, I'm i pretty sure you wouldn't do that. You'd be so excited to be sitting in progressive field and getting paid by the Indians to be a crowd, noise, piped-in sound effect guy, which would have trouble fitting all on one business card. I think you'd pretty much uh, play it as you probably should. Oh.
0: I have everything here too. Well, know.
1: I mean that's fine if you want to play some uh, organ music. Things along those lines, ballpark like deals, but you know, I, I don't think you'd want to get too carried away with it.
4: How about that?
1: Then you'd have to answer to Tom Hamilton. You'd have to answer maybe to Paul Dolan. I I, I don't know. So, and of course, let me ask you this question. Sure. What should the Indians change their name to? I'm sure you've already discussed oh, this. Um, do you have, is there anything that's a leading contender for you?
0: Yeah, I'm uh, personally, I'm a fan of what we had on shared Brown a couple weeks ago. And okay. He, he has been in the camp of the Cleveland Buckeyes. And I know a lot of people that are Ohio state fans are saying, no, you can't do that. You can't have two Buckeyes in the same state. Well, the reason why he said the Cleveland Buckeyes is because the Cleveland Buckeyes used to be the old Negro league team so he said it would be a way to not just change the name to something that fits ohio not that you know the name indians doesn't fit ohio because obviously this was native american land at one point and still kind of is but the the idea of this is also that now you're not just paying homage to you know something that is ohio you're also kind of paying homage again to something that is you know needed at this time which is having positive race relations, and if you change it to the old Negro League team, you can honor them, along with honoring the Indians, along with honoring all of these other things. Plus, it wouldn't be hard for people to get gear for the Cleveland Buckeyes because, hell, a lot of people already have hats that for that are for Ohio State that just have a Buckeye leaf on them. So, you know I mean? Like, it wouldn't be, like, a hard transition for them to do that. And you could probably even pair it with, you know, some – Stuff with Ohio State. I'm sure Ohio State would jump right on that to be a sponsor for something to do with that. I mean, so you know, I
1: mean, I don't, I don't think Buckeyes for the reason you talked about with its connection to uh, the old Negro League baseball days is a bad idea. I don't think from a, a trademark perspective or whatever the legal ease is on, is on that. I don't think Ohio State would ever allow that to happen. Really, you think so? I absolutely. I, I don't think that would ever happen. In a million years. But
0: does Ohio State I mean I I don't know for, for sure. Does Ohio State own
1: the trademark for Buckeyes? This will come as a shock to you. I'm not an attorney, but I Oh will, you're not? I thought No. I, I'm not an attorney doing a talk show. The uh I would assume that they do. I mean, perhaps not, but uh I would assume Is that a that member of do. the
0: Supreme Court over there, Singer? <laughs> No, I'm I'm looking, I'm looking because I I know that at one point they tried to trademark the Ohio State University, which just come on now,
1: which was of course ridiculous, and I'm one of the biggest Ohio State fans anywhere. I know I that that, that was crazy.
0: Um, is the word Buckeyes trademarked? Uh, registered marks include but are not limited to Ohio State University, Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, I mean, so I guess it is. I guess it is kind of trademarked, but I I don't know. I mean does that mean that a pro sports team can't have that name because I mean there there have to be contradicting things like that I mean like there are other teams in the NFL that have college nicknames you know what I mean like that's not you know there is that that exists I mean like Mount Union isn't going to like trademark Raiders and then say hey la you're not allowed to be called the Raiders anymore you know or Las Vegas I said la but you I know what to- you mean you know, you're not allowed to be called that anymore. You know, I mean, Pittsburgh is the Panthers. They're not gonna go to Carolina and say you're not allowed to be called the Panthers. You know, I mean, so I don't know. I mean, how does that fit? How does that work?
2: You know, one
1: one of the ones that I like is and it's tied into uh one of the most famous radio stations, and the uh the layout of this radio station, the image of this radio station has changed. But uh I like the idea of uh, the Cleveland Buzzards. It uh, used to be uh, the Buzzard, uh, WMMS, in Cleveland. and Cleveland. And again, is that trademarked? It probably is in some way, shape, or form. But uh, I saw somebody had put up on social media um, what was a, one of the classic uh, Buzzard logos um, with an Indians jersey on. I sort of like that. I, I'm not a big fan. One that has also gotten a lot of plays, the Spiders. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could... I
0: don't think... Because I hate Spiders so much, I don't think that I could like look at it and be like that's a cool logo like i'd be like get that away from me i don't want to see that i i I don't know that's why i like that's why i'm a fan of the buckeyes because it is like an an inanimate object that like you don't like have to think about you know um i don't know what were there were a a handful of other ones that i had seen let's take a break when we come back we'll list a couple of others that we've that we've seen
1: what should the tribe be called when the name indians goes bye-bye because like it or not, and I know people are pretty passionate about this topic, it is going bye-bye. This is The weekend on WHBC. The weekend on 1480 WHBC. I'm Bill Morgan. John, whatever that was you just did in that chair, chair dancing, I don't ever want to see that again when I'm in the studio. Can you please prevent that from happening it's in the future? It's boogie oogie though. I know what it is. I'm just saying I prefer, I mean, as many people have said, uh, sending you a text based on uh, some message you posted or on uh, Twitter or Instagram, I can't unsee what you just did. And that will probably trouble me. For the vast majority of the weekend. i told tell, tell Donna to just, you know, erase her mind. Uh, I mean, morning. that was just, I, I can't believe that the Allie has to tolerate that. Your fiance for those who I mean, I mean, do you do little chair dancing moves regularly when you two are together? uh it just depends on
0: the day you know sometimes sometimes you, you you feel like doing that and you know i mean some
1: most days it's not a good thing but some days you know god like, this it's... woman has incredible incredible intestinal fortitude to uh put up with any of that baloney uh back uh, to the indians and of uh, the changing which seems uh to be eminent of their nickname do we have any other ideas of um names that have been floated out there as a part of what they could be in the future
0: I know one
1: that's uh, really
0: come out is the Cleveland Naps, and that would be after Nap Lajoie, who was one of their great players uh, some years ago. Uh, some other ones, this is from letsgotribe.com. The Cleveland Flame, not a fan of that. Um, the Cleveland Spiders, that was what you said. The Cleveland Owl Bears, I don't know where that came from. What does that mean? I don't know. The Cleveland something, the one writer for this, his name is Merritt Rothling, he said uh, something that floats. So like the Cleveland Boats, the Cleveland, you know, because you're by the lake. Um, The Cleveland Baseball Club, which is something that we joke that, hey, it might end up being that. Um, Really, when it comes down to it, though, and those are just a couple of the names, but really when it comes down to it, like, I mean, does it really matter what the nickname of a team is? We were saying that, like you know, people, people, I think, put way too much into what the nickname of their team is, and like, really, what it really matters is that you know you have a team. You know, if if you if you didn't have a team, you know, you'd be really really upset. The fact that you at least have a team should make you happy. Some other ones, Cleveland Rocks, like after the Drew Carey thing. Um, the Cleveland Midges, if you remember back in, when was that? That's 2007 ridiculous. 2007 when uh, they they pounded, uh, who was that, Java Chamberlain? Yes, it was Java um,
1: Chamberlain that went through that.
0: The Cleveland Wild Things, uh, after uh, Wild Thing Rick Vaughn. Now, I, I, you know
1: what? I like that. Now I here, like
0: that. Now, here's one that I've heard that I really like, the Cleveland Dobies. Okay, after Larry Doby. Yeah, I, I think that you know again you want to talk about paying homage to something that would make sense you know he he broke the color barrier in the um american league people talk about all the time about Jackie Robinson breaking sure. the color barrier in, the color barrier in general but i mean Larry Doby was like not very long after that like it was one after the other uh the cleveland guardians was a name that was brought up um if i could vote on one though i'd probably say the cleveland dobies That's what I'd vote for right
1: now. I'm going to cast my lot with the Wild Things. I think um, some people may be familiar with this. uh, Some people may not. I think there's a a Frontier League team, which is an unaffiliated minor league baseball. I think there's a Wild Things um, team in that league, I believe, uh, at least at one time. I don't know if they still are, but uh, they were in Washington, PA. So I sort of like the Wild Things.
0: We have Donna on line one. She has an idea for a nickname, Donna from Maslin.
1: Donna, good morning. You're on The weekend.
3: Hi, guys. How you doing?
1: We are great. You.
3: Good, too. Good, too. Hey, I just had an idea. I thought maybe the Cleveland Sliders, since we already have Slider as our mascot, I think that's a pretty good name.
1: I I don't have a problem with that. By the way, in addition to Andre Knott, the uh, television reporter, Um, I think Slider was uh, one of the other few people, Donna, that was in the stands last night.
3: I believe so, yeah.
1: Well, Donna, we appreciate that. What do do you think about the Sliders? Well,
0: I think it's good for a couple of reasons, too, because it's not just the name of our mascot, but it's also uh, the name of a pitch that many pitchers throw on a regular basis. So it's got a it's got a baseball connotation. It's the name of our mascot. So, I mean,
1: there's there's a lot to like there. I, I have no problem with that. Well, and the other thing is, I don't, and I think this is something you have to consider in the year 2020. I don't think that can offend anybody. I don't think that big, pink, fluffy thing that Snyder is, I, I don't think that can offend anybody. And I don't say that to be a
4: sarcastic
1: or tongue-in-cheek or anything along those lines. I think that it um, is something that, That may work. Uh, That was a very interesting idea, John. Have Ken on the line now. He has an idea for a nickname. Ken, good morning. You're on WHBC.
2: Good morning. We're missing the obvious, I think. Why don't we call them the Cleveland Rockers? Home of rock and roll, rock and roll hall of fame. Seems obvious.
1: Ken, I, I I like that one, so, and sometimes that's why it's good to have a brainstorming sessions at your place of business, so so you get people start throwing out ideas. I like that one, Ken. Can Thank- I
0: can I can just hope right now that the Dolans who own the Cleveland Indians are listening to this program and jotting
1: down all of these
2: ideas, right? Yeah, let's hope so.
1: <laughs> Ken, thanks for your phone call. You of course can hear uh, the Cleveland Rockers. I'm sorry, the uh, Cleveland Indians, uh, right here on WJ. WHBC coming up this afternoon, beginning at four thirty-seven with the. Uh, just shut up, Bozica. Four thirty-seven with the Indians Radio Network pregame show. But you know what? The Rockers. Isn't that what the WNBA team was called in Cleveland when they existed? Was it? I think that's right. I think that is what they were called. The Cleveland. I I, I think see. they were, and not not that there would be anything wrong with reusing yeah, they were. that. That is what they were called. I you know I always forget that
0: that. I wish Cleveland still had a WNBA team. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I would love for Cleveland to have a WNBA team.
1: But I, I like the, I, we, we've we come, thanks to Donna, thanks to Ken. I like a couple of those ideas. Sliders, rockers. Yes. The, um, wild things, the Dobies. But let me ask you a question. Does White Castle have um, a uh, trademark on sliders? I like... <laughs> see.
2: You're, I mean, I gonna you're say
1: looking you, that up. I would say you say, should, shouldn't you know that? Probably eat it. Come on now. I'm from Columbus, where White Castle originated back in the day.
0: Trademark. I don't don't know that they do. I I
1: think it would also maybe depend on how you would spell sliders and things along those lines. Oh, in
0: 1994, White Castle was granted a U.S. trademark on the term sliders. Now, this is not spelled S-L-I. It's spelled S-L-Y-D-E-R-S. I see. So... You could, in fact, maybe have the Cleveland S-L-I-D-E-R-S, the Sliders.
1: A long legal battle between the Dolans and the Cleveland baseball team and White Castle would ensue. Coming up as the weekend continues, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more on the high school sports side. John with another local high school football
0: coach. Yeah, that's right. Troy Davis, the head football coach of the Louisville Leopards, next on WHBC.
1: And on 1480 WHBC, Bill Morgan, John Bozica here as well, talking about the different things, sports, and more throughout the course of uh, the morning. And, uh, John, uh, the first question I would like to ask our next guest, who is? Louisville head football coach Troy Davis going into
0: uh, his first year and uh hell of a time to be going into his first year as the head
1: football coach at Louisville. Coach, uh, no doubt, do you realize that uh, during his time here, John Bozica, who does a great job covering sports for WHBC, has given uh, way more coverage to the Louisville softball team than he has to the football team? Do you have any problem with that?
4: Uh, I, got, I got no problem with that. The softball team, they, they won a state championship. So when I can get to that level, uh, I'll expect John to give us a uh, balanced time. See <laughs> so he's, he's
0: he's an equal opportunity guy. You, you got to love yeah. that about Troy. So, um coach, obviously we know everything going on right now and we know that uh teams around the state, different school districts around the state, counties are starting to say, "Hey, we have to delay athletics to October 1st." With that being known, I don't want to beat around the bush on this question, but um do you think that we should swap sports? Do you think that we should switch fall with spring, knowing some of the things that we know currently right now.
4: Well, I'll tell you what. I, I mean, that's not a question that, that I am in charge of answering, and I don't want to play politician here, but uh, or be political. But what I, what I would say is that I want our kids to play football. Um, you know, we work very hard, and uh, you know, high school football season for a, uh, a young man is something that 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 oftentimes is something that they never forget, and uh, it's a great experience and. You know, the whole reason why I coach football is more than just you know scoring touchdowns and making defensive stands. It's to build strong young men, and and I want them to be able to have that opportunity to to get those experiences on the field. So, in a nutshell, I want us to play football. When when we play football, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to play football,
1: coach. Whether it's a uh, leopards football, we uh, were talking uh, jokingly about the great Louisville softball program. Uh, talk to people, coach, who maybe aren't sports people about uh, what it does in terms of character building and building good young men and young women uh, for them to become student-athletes and participate in whatever sport we're talking about.
4: Yeah, I mean, just sports in general, you know, what you, know, what you learn in terms of working with a team and that selfless act of, of doing what you need to do for a team is something that uh, all of us can use in terms of our education as we grow up. And, and we live in a society that becomes more and more uh, with our young people being individuals and, and doing a lot of more things online and, and doing things on social media and playing online gaming uh, we need to be able to get interacting with actual people and, and go through tough times together and the ups and downs and, and the emotional strain that that you know you experience in sports and being able to push yourself through to achieve your goals and just with me in terms of my experience of playing here at Louisville and playing for coach Chrislip there was a lot of times in my life where it was, you know, roller co- life is a roller coaster, and you go through ups and downs. And, and just knowing you you have grit and knowing that you can, uh, you know, see the light, in the tunnel don't keep grinding towards your goal, is something that, that being a part of a sports program is all about.
0: When it comes to what you guys have been able to do right now, how is it compared to what, you know, you've done in years past, being on coaching staffs, and how does it compare, you know, to, to just – Generalized practice that you might have this time of year?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to consider. And, you know, usually when you go through the summer, you're very concerned about injury and you want to be able to come out of your summer, um, you know, camp and, and be healthy. You don't want anybody to get hurt uh, before you even put the pads on. And so that's always a concern as a coach. But now you've got this added concern of, okay, uh, we want to make sure everybody's staying COVID healthy and that kind of thing, too. And so you're just trying to. To make sure that you're following all the uh, safety protocols in every aspect, not just uh, physical safety, but, you know, um, germ safety, if, if that's a way to say it. But, um, so that had a, le- a level of stress that we were able to, to go through and, and really came down to our players being, uh, you know, upfront, honest and, and letting us know, you know, giving us temperature readings, giving us symptom readings and, and making sure that they did act, you know, safe outside of football so that they don't bring something into the team. And that's responsibility to the team. That was a big part of it. And we were happy that we ended our camp, um, actually Thursday, with with not experiencing anything like uh, COVID symptoms and, and being able to, you know, gear up. And, and now we're, we're a week off. We visit our players week off to take uh, vacations with their families and then come back at it August 1st.
1: Louisville head football coach Troy Davis joining us on 1480 WHBC. Uh, Coach, what is it like for you now, uh, simply from a coaching perspective, to take over the reins of a program that uh, you've been a part of, that has been uh, so successful over the years? Uh, Let's face it, you're not taking over uh, a team that has uh, had uh, struggles for decades and decades and decades. When you're the head coach at Louisville football, you're expected to win.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know what uh, taking over a program like this and, and living in your hometown is is uh, is a gut check and and so every day for me it's 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 about okay you've got a standard to live up to. people have expectations that the people will understand that you deal with things like covid they 'll understand that you deal with things like injury, but what they want to see from the Louisville football team is a hard hitting football team, a team that plays for forty eight minutes and 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 transition that into wins and And the people in Louisville expect to see success on the football field. And, you know, as coming back here to Louisville this year, after being here such a long time, being away and coming back, you know, I I expressed to our players that the expectations of the people in Louisville are high. And I said, I get hit up with questions all the time about how's the team going to be. And I told our team, I never tell them that our team's going to be average. Our team is going to be what this community expects this team to be. Hard hitting, play for 48 minutes or as long as it takes. And uh, and transition that into wins.
0: Troy, you talk about the importance of football to a community like Louisville, and and they're not alone in this county. I mean, you have Louisville, you have Maslin, you have Canal Fulton, you have you know Brewster that cares so much about Fairless. You even have Canton that looks at McKinley and 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 Canton South too. But you know how tough will it be for the community of Louisville if there isn't football on Friday nights this fall?
4: Yeah, there'll be a serious void. Um, you know, we've had a couple activities like this week. We had lunch with Lyman, and just the the outpouring of people who want to be involved with with football and want to be a part. Of, I mean, that Friday night feeling is something that people have a thirst for. And uh, and without that, it's just going to be another kind of um, you know, geez, another setback. And like, how how long can we remain patient before we get back to our regular lives? and and the people in Louisville, and yeah, you're right, around Stark County, Friday night football in the fall is is, is a lifestyle thing, and they, they have had those expectations, those feelings, those you know those wants that you know that'll be a big void and a big loss for people around here um, to to not have.
1: Coach, it is so uh, ingrained into our uh, culture Uh, in Ohio, especially in Northeast Ohio, Friday night high school football. I've often joked with people in uh, covering high school football that uh, not only is it uh, football fans that come out, especially in small-town Ohio, which is uh, what Louisville is, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's as much a social event, Coach, and I know you're not worried about social events, but it's as much a social event. You'll have people that come to the football game that probably know as much about a blitz as they do about brain surgery, but they just want to be at the game.
4: Absolutely. It's a community thing, and uh, I was just talking with Coach Larry Karras last year uh, about, you know, Louisville and, and the specialness of the stadium, being downtown. People converge on the stadium. Uh, people having fires in their backyard, and, and everybody in town is at the stadium that kickoff. And, and you're right; it is a social thing, and it's something that that when you think about fall, you think about getting on a Friday night and getting together and hanging out, and watching a good football game. Um, but yeah, that's that's what excites me about the fall. And, and, I, and I understand. You know, I'm I'm here to, to produce good football. But at the same time, um, there are times where I can look up in that stand and just enjoy being here.
3: Coach
0: Davis, as always, uh, we appreciate the time. We thank you for, for joining the show today. And uh, I know that we have you guys on the schedule a handful of times this year, and we hope to be able to make it out there to to Leopard Stadium and, and see you, Coach, uh, in your first year as head coach at Louisville. So be safe, and we wish you the best of luck, okay?
4: Appreciate you having me on. Hey, thank you.
0: Yep. Coach Troy Davis, Louisville head football coach. I, I think it's going to be one of those years, Bill, where uh, nothing is quite like uh, we have seen before. And um, because of that, we don't know what football is going to look like. We don't know if it could be that you know we are going to play in the spring. I know we talked about it earlier. Tim Budd gave a, a completely different answer from Troy Davis on that. And I think that's the thing is that all these coaches are going to have differing opinions on this and differing thoughts on this. And and I think when it really boils down to it, what they all want and it's the, the, the common theme with them is they want this for their kids. And that's what it really boils down to, Bill.
1: We'll talk more about that as the weekend continues. I'm Bill Morgan. He's John Bozica, And this is 1480 WHBC.
2: Saying, huh.
1: ha. 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 The Weekend on 1480 WHBC. I'm Bill Morgan, Tribe Baseball. Clev-, Clev is on the hill today. Is that right, John Bozica? It is. So, you know what? After you get uh, a Cy Young-like performance from Shane Bieber in the game last night, you follow that up with putting Clevenger on the mound. You got to like the Tribe's chances today. You do. I mean, I, I think I heard Matt Underwood say last
0: night that it's it's um, what do you call it? Like ace A and ace B. You know, you kind of have both of them uh, who are who are so capable, and and not just those guys, Bill, but also like I mean, you look at the rest of the guys that are capable of pitching at any given time, and and I mean, it is just really such a a deep rotation with, you know, even Carlos Carrasco being available and, um, have the ability to throw, you know, Adam Plutko, you have, um, Aaron Savali, you have, you know, you just have a really deep rotation of guys that are, that are really solid. Um, you know, guys that might be aces on other teams, even, you know, a guy like a, uh, like a, Carlos Carrasco is like our our third guy in the lineup here, and he's probably an ace on most other teams, you know. And same with a uh, guy like Aaron Savali. Think how good he was at times last year, you know. And and there's still possibilities that guys could be brought up. I mean, I think there's um, a real possibility we see Zach Plezak a little bit this year too, as well, because he's you know got a lot of capabilities as well. So they're just it's a deep rotation. That's always been what they built their team on, you know, since they've had. They've had Francona here, and, and nothing's changed this year.
1: Cleveland Wild Things baseball coming up this afternoon.
0: Indians baseball.
1: Cleveland Rockers baseball coming up this afternoon. Dobies baseball. So uh, there there are a lot of different possibilities to uh, wait and see uh, how that all turns out with that pregame show, 437, first pitch at 510. It's Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhaus. Bring it your way now uh, you slipped me this piece of paper. I was not aware of this until uh, thirty <laughs> seconds ago, but apparently I'm going to be doing your show on monday yeah, you are i uh I'm... do you think that's a good idea? I mean, as hard as you've worked to build that show up, then you're going to bring in a um you know i a weekend schmuck like me i you you've worked very hard on the show, John you
0: haven't worked hard on the show. No, no, I was just that's that's the sound that I'm going to play for for you when you start hosting going to be. Oh, I see. You'll come on and and this is the
1: listeners collectively. Is there anything in particular you want me to uh make sure I pay attention to Monday between 10 and 12 noon?
0: Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um I don't know. I mean, just pay attention to what happens in the news cycle over the next, you know, 24 hours here because as we've learned in 2020 it is a never-ending cycle of whatever happens Uh, I know that the last couple Sundays actually we've uh, been able to use or Mondays I've been able to use some of the sound from the interviews that Chris Wallace has done on Fox News Sunday because he talked to um, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos two Sundays ago and then President Trump last Sunday which you know it's kind of ironic that after they spoke his His tone on the coronavirus kind of changed a little bit this week, which is interesting to me. Um, But it's also interesting to me that President Trump went from talking to Chris Wallace to talking to Dave Portnoy from uh, Barstool Sports, if you know what Barstool Sports is. Yes, yes. Which I don't know. I, I never thought I'd see a day where the president was talking to a person that works for Barstool Sports. But I guess, you know. Such as twenty
1: twenty. a fair enough. Assessment. So uh, I'll be in for John, and, and I believe this is probably too much information, but uh, I think you're like uh, celebrating your uh, recent birthday.
0: Yeah, yeah. We thanks to the great company that we work with. They they give us a day for our birthday, and so wow, I took the day for my birthday, and you know I I think I'm gonna sleep in, and then Allie and I are gonna do a little bit of nothing. So well be, there 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 you go. I mean have you ever noticed there's comedian John Mulaney? we've talked about yes. Him before. Yes. John's very talented. He he always says that you know when you talk to a, a kid and they're like I did nothing like it's like a horrible thing but when you talk to an adult and they're like what did you do this week and it's like I did nothing it's like their face lights up. So it's you know I'm very excited to do nothing on Monday. like more excited than anybody would even know. Well, and that's never
1: a bad thing because uh, with the crazy year that all of us in Canton and Stark County have had, and uh, certainly it's different from a uh, perspective, depending upon what you do professionally, whether or not you still have a job, possibly you've been laid off, um, it's been a crazy time, so be able to uh, sit there for yourself or anybody else in that position and uh, have a day off, kick the feet up, sleep in, whatever it is you enjoy, those days are nice and sometimes few and far between, John. They really are. I mean the, you know, I remember when uh
0: <laughs> I remember when I was in high school and I was like, when am I going to catch up on my sleep in life and someone was like you never will. And it's like it's so true. I mean, you never even when you feel the most rested, something happens the next week that like immediately takes away all that rest that you've accomplished.
1: So just it's just, you know, just being an adult. It's just <laughs> The fun part of being an adult. Well, we we tell our uh, college-age kids, that uh, Don and I do, um, as they go through certain stages of their life, it's adulting. And, you know, they say, well, I, I've had to work six days in a row. <laughs> well, welcome to life, son. Yeah. Welcome to life, <laughs> daughter. So um, we've got other great things coming up throughout the course of the day. Of course, we mentioned try Baseball a little bit later on. And uh, much, much more. So uh, I will uh, be in Monday morning at 10 for John, and uh, we'll see how things roll from there. Should be good. I look
0: forward to uh, listening for a couple minutes and then seeing how it's going. And I might
1: even call you and give you a hard time. I'm 99.8% sure that you won't be listening Monday morning. Thanks for listening today. It's the weekend on 14... But you should listen, by the way. You, the listener, should. Yes, I thought you were talking to me. 1480 WHBC.